Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Hope you had a good weekend. And depending on where you're at, you're probably looking out your window saying, is it April or is it February? Snow in a, a lot of the middle part of the country. And uh, when farmers are wanting to get to the fields, now they're still waiting for the snow to melt and clear away, while other parts of the country are still very dry. We're going to talk about all that with Bryce Anderson with DTN here in just a moment and see what's ahead for us. Also, there's a lot in the news today. Again, the renewable fuels industry unleashing a Twitter storm today, reminding President Trump of his pledged support for the RFS ahead of yet another White House meeting. And while the war of words continues between the U.S. and China, administration officials seek to calm agriculture's fears over a trade war. Mixed reports continue to come in on the NAFTA talks, and this could be the week we finally see the Republican House Farm Bill proposal. Just some of the things we'll be talking about this week. Later in the program, we're going to look at the market impact that we're seeing from all the China-U.S. war of words, the back and forth about tariffs and retaliation. On the grain side, we'll talk with Arlen Suderman with INTL FC Stone. On the livestock side, we're going to talk with Purdue Ag Economist Chris Hurt. But right now, just to kind of set the stage for what looks to be another busy week, we have with us the editor, publisher of AgriPulse Communications, Sarah Wyatt. Good morning, Sarah. How are you? Good morning, Mike. I'm great. How are you? Very good. Well, this uh, we've kind of been focused on two big stories here the last several days, and that is, uh, of course, the U.S.-China situation, and this RFS debate. I mentioned there's a Twitter storm going on today ahead of yet another White House meeting on the RFS. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what the administration does and whether they kind of rein in Scott Pruitt and EPA on these RFS uh, waivers for oil refineries. Well, it is going to be very interesting to watch, and in some ways the two events are being tied together because the uncertainty that you've referenced in the marketplace right now because of some of these trade actions gives the RFS supporters just another message point in order to say, listen, we're already in very tenuous territory right now, so let's not upset this uh, market balance any more than you already have by changing the way that there's a, you know, the calculations for the RFS. Uh, having said that, I just think it really is going to depend on how the president feels the definition of a win-win is going to be established. So if he lifts the waiver on a rebate for pressure and gives the ethanol industry what he want, what they want, uh, what is he going to give to the oil industry as well? And so that still remains to be seen. It's going to be a fascinating meeting, and especially as, as you know, Mike, uh, Scott Pruitt's under fire for a lot of other things right now, so he's probably not at the very top of the president's uh, best cabinet member list. That's right. And the renewable fuels industry is pointing out they feel the Trump administration has, has already given a lot of wins to the oil industry. Yes, they have. And, you know, historically there's been a lot of tax breaks and other incentives for oil production, and it is part of the, this administration's all of the above sort of energy strategy in order of unleashing uh, new areas, unleashing new areas for energy exploration, uh, making sure that uh, you know there's a lot of regulatory burdens removed. 
Uh, but what the ethanol industry really wants is the ability to keep growing, as you know. So uh, whether or not the president is going to make sure that he gives some additional uh, ask for the industry, oil industry still remains to be seen. I think you know his definition of win-win is that both sides have to give a little bit. We're talking with Sarah Wyant with AgriPulse. Meanwhile, on the U.S.-China situation, Sarah, I mean, there seems to be two schools uh, on this, two camps. So one side saying, you know, hey, nothing really bad, is, all that bad has happened yet. Uh, this is just posturing back and forth, negotiating. On the other side, agriculture saying, hey, we're already seeing some harm. We're already seeing some damage, and we're fearful of even more to come. Uh, there's a lot on the table here. Oh, there really is, and my heart goes out to everybody trying to figure out what their marketing strategy is right now because this is going to change day by day and comment by comment out of the White House. You know, we've got uh, the folks at USDA saying that they've talked to the president, they want to, Sonny Perdue, the Secretary of Agriculture says, you know, be reassured that the president will do everything he possibly can to protect rural America. He understands those were his key supporters. But at the same time, you know, most of the ag community has been focused on trade and exports as a way to make sure that prices stay sustained and can continue to have some upside momentum. And here you've got all this uncertainty weighing over the market. Uh, you know, comment periods are going to be coming and going. Uh, it's, it's going to take a while before anything might be enforced. But we don't hear a whole lot about talks actually happening with the Chinese. So our best guess is there is a discussion going on. I don't know if you heard uh, Larry Kudlow, the new na National mm -hmm. Economic Advisor to the President, uh, this weekend on the Sunday shows, he was saying that the Australians, the Europeans, the Japanese, the Canadians, they are all interested in joining with the U.S., uh, you know, there's there's a lot of different back-channel discussions, and every time that one of these folks goes on and, you know, does an interview, we hear a different little aspect of it. So the uncertainty, I think, is what is really, really difficult for people right now. Meanwhile, maybe this will be the week we see that Farm Bill proposal from House Republicans. Well, it could be. Uh, obviously, Chairman Conaway wants to go ahead and advance the bill. It doesn't sound like over the two-week Easter break that he and his ranking member, Colin Peterson, have been talking very much or at all, according to when we did our open mic interview with Mr. Peterson. So they're going to go into this. There's enough votes on the committee level to get a farm bill out of the House Ag Committee. But then it gets to the floor, Mike, and that's where it gets really difficult because, you know, what happened in the last farm bill, and you probably remember this, we wrote a lot about it, is that when the Democrats get really upset about Republican attacks on nutrition and, and food stamps, the speech that you're going to hear on the floor from, and I can hear Rosa DeLora from Connecticut saying it now, if there's going to be means test on the people who are most eligible for these nutrition programs, then we ought to have more means tests on crop insurance, on farm program payments, and anything that is used to support the farm part of the bill. So you know that argument is going to come back, and I think that's why the ranking member, Colin Peterson, is so fearful of some damaging amendments that could come up on the House floor that he won't have the votes to protect. And that's where farm bill programs are really going to be at risk.
Now you got to get it out of committee. you got to get it past the House floor, and then you'll have a tough conference committee because the Senate version is going to look different on this uh, farm bill, especially with that nutrition title. So there's a long ways to go, uh, certainly, on the farm bill. Sarah, as always, thank you for being with us. It'll be another interesting week ahead. My pleasure, Mike. Stay tuned. Sarah Wyatt, editor, publisher of AgriPulse communications. So you have all that on the table for agriculture at a time when many farmers are looking out their window and either seeing very dry conditions or in some cases snow on the ground as they're waiting to get out to the fields and plant. What's the weather ahead for this week and for the next several weeks? We're going to talk with DTN meteorologist Bryce Anderson next on AOA Adams on Agriculture. I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I'd wake up with a sore neck or maybe a headache, or I'd feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. Well, when I invented my pillow, I wanted it so you could adjust the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not how much time we spend in bed. It's how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all my own manufacturing in my home state of Minnesota. I have a 10-year warranty. And you can wash and dry my pillow. And here's my best offer ever. Get four my pillows for the price of one. That's right. Get four my pillows. Two premium pillows and two travel pillows for the price of one. Order my pillow at 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Get four my pillows for the price of one. Call 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Go to mypillow.com and at checkout use promo code FARM11. We paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago. If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Rated number one by consumers nationwide on ConsumerAffairs.com. Craftmatic beds come in all mattress types, including cool gel memory foam for up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Enjoy temporary relief of low back pain, poor circulation, nighttime heart for a mild arthritis. You'll sleep better in a Craftmatic adjustable bed. So if you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and information. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Discover Craftmatic for less, up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Call 1-800-318-7903. That's 1-800-318-7903. 1-800-318-7903. Call now. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? Because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over five million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait. Simply pick up the phone and find out what our Freedom Quest program can do for you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, we're the solution. Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, 
the hard part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204. 1-800-489-7204. That's 1-800-489-7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed debt management service provider, Vermont and New York Banking Departments, Maryland 49, Oregon DM80031. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. We so want some good news from DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Bryce, do you have good weather news for us for this week ahead? If you want warm conditions, Mike, we'll have a couple days of that. How's that for you? Well, that's better for a lot of us just wondering when we can put our coats away. But it it doesn't sound like we can put them away completely. yeah, you sound like my my uh, coaches in high school, you know. Hey, I tried. Well, okay, yeah, <laughs> fine. Uh, many, many years ago. We are going to have a little improvement in this cold pattern uh, across most of the Midwest and then into the northern plains this week, Mike. Uh, the, the very cold uh, features that we've had are going to moderate for a few days, and by that I mean literally a few days, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe into Friday. But uh, it's not the start of a long-lasting round because uh, we're looking at uh, a new package of uh, below-normal temperatures during uh, the weekend starting Saturday and then probably going all the way through the middle part of next week. So there's going to be, um, you know, that, that real variability on temperatures. And then along with that, uh, there could be a, a pretty uh, hefty round of uh, showers and thunderstorms fire up and maybe even another round of snow in the northern plains during next week. So it still is not a, uh, a complete turn to the ideal spring that uh, we would like to think about uh, after putting up with everything we've had. Well, sounds like one step forward and a couple back. But yeah. what about the folks like in western Kansas and those parts of the country where it's so so dry? Are they going to get any relief? Unfortunately not. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, very light shower action uh, right now in southwestern Kansas, uh, Dodge City, towards Scott City, and, and uh, east maybe to Wichita with uh, some light rains that are going on. This, this is part of uh, the the uh, very strong cold front, you know, that is bringing some uh, pretty chilly conditions uh, for the season uh, into, you know, the northern plains and Midwest and so forth. But um, that doesn't have a whole lot of staying power with it. And the next uh, week or so is just kind of reverting to this pattern that we've had where the uh, the moisture is focused over the uh, Pacific Northwest, maybe south as far as Reno, Nevada, and then eastward across the northern Rockies, northern plains and then from the mississippi valley east uh there's uh, quite a bit of uh locally heavy moisture you know from uh, an inch and a half or greater while in the southern and southwestern plains and then all the way uh west to the southern california coast you're looking at little to nothing uh, i'm just uh, amazed uh, literally i i truly am amazed at how the seven day precipitation forecast maps that I track every day faithfully have just about the same uh, look to them now for almost a 10-day running pattern. Uh, This has been a trend that uh, has definitely set in for the spring of 2018. 
Yeah, whether you're in the really dry areas or the really wet and cold areas, it seems like this whole spring has been Groundhog Day. It's just we repeat the same thing over and over. Yeah, we do. And and uh, then along with that, uh, this past weekend, uh, you know, we had some uh, tumultuous weather events that happened. Uh, you know, there was uh, record-breaking snow in parts of the northern uh, plains and the upper Midwest, and then there were some very heavy rains uh, in the eastern Midwest. We had even some uh, some landslides, some mudslides in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, kind of similar to what happened in California uh, here a few months ago. And then in the southeast, there were just these uh, horrific uh, tornadoes that developed, and and uh, very violent, uh, severe weather there. And, and all of that is, is just an indication of, of the real contrast that we have going from north to south with these very cold readings that uh, many folks in the central and northern areas are putting up with. And then, you know, warmer spring-type air tries to uh, influence the picture uh, farther south and east, and uh, there, uh, there just becomes this... Uh, round of uh, terrific uh, air mass collisions that uh, bring these uh, storms and and these uh, kind of record-breaking rounds of uh, precipitation of different varieties. So it is a violent spring, very typical of a La Nina spring, and uh, I don't think that that influence has completely let up, along with some of the other features that have gone on that even harken back to uh, late last winter when it got so terribly warm up in the Arctic, uh, we're still kind of feeling a little bit of that effect as well. So what do your models tell you about when it might let up? Well, I think that what we're going to be putting up with, Mike, is, is the, uh, the, the real back-and-forth trend on these temperatures throughout the remainder of the month of April. As we get farther uh, into the, the last half of the spring season, uh, we're going to get more of a seasonal-type temperature pattern form. But along with that, it's going to stay pretty active as far as, uh, as, as, far as uh, storms developing over the Midwest and even parts of the northern plains and then into the delta. So I think that uh, this uh, kind of chilly and wet scenario is still going to be with us all the way through the season. It is going to keep field work um, on, on a real stop-and-start type basis, and I think that's a primary feature for this planting season. And then in the southern plains, that dry pattern does not show any real sign of letting up, and I think it's going to be a real challenge to alloc- uh, allocate uh, irrigation water and manage that successfully and very uh, thrifty uh, for this year because uh, it's going to be a tough season. Yeah, different challenges in different parts of the country. Uh, in in the Corn Belt, I think a lot of farmers already about giving up trying to wait for uh, warm soil temperatures to plant. They just want to get out there, but it sounds like it's going to be hard to get a, a enough days together where it's dry for it to dry out enough to get out there. That's that's really going to be the challenge. Those those windows don't sound like they're going to be very open very long. No, they are not, and and I think that is going to lead to a a later season, uh, kind of a more delayed season than than we would like to see. But this is going to be a year that is very similar, in my opinion, to uh, 2014, uh, 2013. Uh, we even had uh, a lot of issues a year ago in uh, 2017 with uh, finally getting crops in the ground, and uh, we've we've put up with that more often than not ever since that very dry year of uh, 2012. And uh, this looks like it's uh, shaping up to be another year where when when things break, 
to where work can get done, everything is going to kind of happen at once. And uh, so that's going to be a, a, a real um, a, a real time management uh, type of challenge as well for producers. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say, myself included, are we just going to skip spring? We're just going to go from this right into summer? I mean, there, is there going to be a little gradual phasing in in there somewhere, Bryce? Uh, there, there will be, I think, during during uh, the, the end of April into the, uh, the first part of May. But as far as having a, a real wide open uh, spell of, you know, say a week or 10 days of uh, completely uh, open conditions to do field work, I, I think that's going to be a little bit of a tall order, Mike, quite frankly. I, you know, we could maybe do four or five days, but this pattern doesn't uh, act like it wants to be real benign in terms of offering that type of a real placid feature for us. So we've just seen too much volatility. I don't think we've calmed too many people's concerns about the weather <laughs> with our conversation so far. No, no, uh, there there hasn't been. I Again, I, I think that, uh, you know, conditions are going to allow for for work to get done, but uh, the the later arriving time is uh, going to be a, a big feature for this year. All right. What about South America? What's the latest down there? Uh, conditions in Brazil are, are still looking quite good. Uh, soil moisture in uh, Mato Grosso for their uh, winter corn crop is, uh, is still doing fine. They're going to be a little bit drier this week, but I don't think that's going to be a real big issue there. Uh, the southern uh, states are drier, and that uh, is is helping harvest to move along, and they've done very well in uh, the total soybean harvest in Brazil this year, as we know. Argentina has rainfall that is coming at the wrong time. I mean, they have they were so dry and hot and whatnot and uh, had crops that withered, and now here come the rains. Uh, central Argentina had some pretty heavy rains over the weekend. Uh, there's some more thunderstorms in Buenos Aires and Santa Fe today. Uh, the only benefit from all this, Mike, is maybe a little bit of improvement in the uh, the second crop soybeans and then soil moisture for planting the winter wheat. But that's about it. Uh, the uh, story has pretty well been written for the uh, reduced production, particularly in soybeans in the row crops that uh, they've had to put up with this year. You could just hear the farmers there probably saying, now it rains. Yeah, yeah, the, the timing on this is completely abysmal. Uh, if uh, this moisture would have happened even uh, even three weeks ago, even you know in uh, the middle part of March, uh, it would have been a lot uh, different and it would have offered uh, a much better uh, benefit, especially for the beans. But uh, you know the, the timing of it is just too late to uh, make much of an improvement. Okay, Bryce, we'll hope for uh, more positive comments next week. How's that? Yeah, Maybe I, a week I hope closer. to think I hope this thing can break a little bit more. We'll see, Mike. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, Bryce. DTN meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Well, what impact is the China dispute having on markets? What about this weather we just talked about? We're going to talk with Arlen Suderman with INTL FC Stone next on Adams on Agriculture. Fastline.com is changing the equipment buying game. Fastline has just released its newest feature, the price comparison tool. The price comparison tool is the first of its kind in the ag equipment market. It's designed to help quickly compare equipment by price, make, and model. Using the price comparison tool, you can see if an item is below, above, or right at average price for similar equipment. 
Use this game changer right now at FastLine.com. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. The call and the information are free. Call 800-352-1402. That's 800-352-1402. It's time for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Grain and soybean futures trending higher on this Monday in part on difficult weather conditions. Freezing temperatures in the southern plains over the weekend, perhaps bringing damage to the winter wheat crop, according to private weather forecaster Commodity Weather Group. Private exporters reporting to USDA sales of 232,500 metric tons of soybeans for delivery to unknown destinations. Global stocks pivoting higher on Monday as policymakers appeared to dial back the tough talk on trade that rocked the markets at the end of last week. In soybean futures, an hour into the trading day, we are trending 8 to 14 and a fraction higher. July soybeans erased intraday losses to close higher on Friday. Buyers supporting the July contract on dips to 9.94 and a half and 10.14. Last week's selling breaching support at 10.13. In corn, trending a penny or two higher an hour into the trading day. July corn closed modestly lower on Friday, but we scored some minor gains on the weekly charts. Strong daily chart support as seen at 3.80 and a half. In the wheats, trending 13 to 14 cents higher in Minneapolis, a dime to 11 higher in the winter wheats of Chicago and Kansas City. For livestock at the Merck, live cattle futures trending $1.32 to $1.77 higher, $1.77 to $2.25 cents higher in feeder cattle. Lean hog futures steady to 65 cents higher. Cash expectations on this Monday at the upper Midwest terminals steady to a dollar lower. The Dow is up 202 points. May crude oil in New York up a dollar 11. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture, presented by the American Ag Network. I'm Rusty Halverson. If you or your family love the freedom of swimming any time of year, if you love sharing good times and making great memories, or if you want one of the best total body workouts ever, then it's time to discover the three C's of your very own endless pool. The first C is convenience. Imagine swimming year-round in your own private swimming pool, installed indoors or out, just steps away. The second C is comfort. With sculpted spa seats and your own adjustable temperature, you can easily escape the stress of your day. And the third C is cost. Your endless pool is an affordable luxury at a fraction of the cost of a regular pool. And here's a bonus C, choice. Because when you call for your free Endless Pool Idea Kit, you'll receive information on our full line of pools to suit your budget and location. Call now for your free information, 800-717-0734, 800-717-0734. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Well, obviously, there's a lot uh, going on right now impacting the markets. 
A little bit later, we're going to talk with Purdue Ag economist Chris Hurt, focus on the livestock side. But I want to talk grains now with Arlen Suderman, chief commodities economist for INTL FC Stone. Arlen, thanks for joining us. Are the markets more focused on weather or on the U.S.-China dispute right now? Well, obviously, they're trying to balance both of them, but uh, today, as we bring in prices higher, I think they're focused more on some of the fundamental aspects, supply and demand. You call that a combination of weather and uh, the big demand that we're getting on these price breaks every time we knock the market down on trade fears. Uh, we're seeing a lot of export business done. Yeah, we, we need to focus on that, uh, talk more about that. With all the uh, concerns about trade wars and retaliation, Right now, we're seeing some some pretty good sales. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, obviously, there's been some talk out there that China could put tariffs on retroactively. But the general thinking has been that uh, China's not going to put on any tariffs until the U.S. does. And the U.S. has said they're at least two months away putting any tariffs on. So that allows Chinese end users, assuming there's nothing retroactive, to come in and purchase and get shipments made before anything's implemented. So we heard a lot of chatter when the price first broke last week about Chinese buyers being in the market, also European buyers being in the market. And so if you look to USDA's daily reporting system, uh, the last two daily reports have had a total of 25.4 million bushels of soybeans sold to unknown destinations. And we're seeing a lot of corn business on the price breaks as well. So uh, the export market is certainly doing well on whenever we break the price. So there's some positive news. Just unfortunate it takes low prices to to kind of spark some of those sales, though. Absolutely. Demand is still there. The question is, is how what piece of the pie will we get here in the United States? Will that be impacted? We tend to be in the school of thinking that uh, we're not going to see the gloom and doom Armageddon type of results that uh, many have projected, because and, and largely because of the short crop in Argentina. Uh, that China's going to have to come. Now, what they're hoping is they're hoping to get a similar effect to what they saw in grain sorghum, where they didn't have to actually put on any tariffs, but merely threaten tariffs, and end users uh, quit buying from the United States. But with grain sorghum, there, there was alternatives. Uh, with soybeans, there's not as many alternatives, and so um, end users there within China, and we're seeing their prices rise on all this rhetoric, um, are simply trying to get whatever supplies they can. Arlen, it's, it gets confusing at times trying to sort out reality from possibility on these issues. Yeah, and remember, this is a big poker game, high-stakes poker game, uh, might argue, going on right now between the two sides, doing more talk than what they are actions, and we anticipate that we'll hear the next uh, round come from uh, China here either today or tomorrow on uh, retaliation against the, the latest steps by President Trump. But basically, as, as you look at it from the big picture standpoint, uh, uh, the grain sorghum farmers felt a lot of pain in the past. The corn farmers felt a lot of pain when they shut off imports of U.S. corn going into China. Uh, certainly, DDG sellers into China have felt the pain in the past. Now the soybean farmers feel the pain as well. Uh, when you broaden out beyond ag, we have more tools in the arsenal than what does China. China is like uh, playing poker with the four sixes, trying to convince the person on the other side of the table they've got a full house, uh, leveraging all of the uh, political rhetoric, hoping to put political pressure on Trump 
to get them to back down, and uh, they've been very effective at that in the past, and time will tell whether they're effective at it this time as well. We're talking with Arlen Suderman with INTL FC Stone. All right, let's focus on some real production issues in this country. Lots of problems in wheat country. Uh, certainly. We had uh, uh, some damaging cold drop down uh, into the plains last, uh, what was Saturday morning was the coldest morning. If the wheat had been on its normal uh, maturity path this year, it's, it's very delayed this year. If it had been in, at normal maturity, it would have been a devastating cold outbreak. Um, but the wheat is very delayed, and so that helped much of it get by probably without damage. But we're worried about roughly 25% of the Plains hard red winter wheat belt that we believe still saw cold enough temperatures to do damage for the stage of maturity that it's at. Now, trying to say what that damage was, the wheat will make a liar out of anybody. I've, I'm a former agronomist from that area, and uh, it, it'll do more damage than what you think it should, or it'll do less damage than what you think it should, depending on the year. We are going to heat up temperatures into the 70s and 80s in that region this week, which should quickly give us some idea of the damage levels out there. And then, and then we got another cold snap coming uh, with Arctic air coming down into the region this weekend. Yeah, we just talked with Bryce Anderson with ETN talking about this up and down. We're not out of the woods yet on the, these weather challenges because in the Corn Belt, you know, it feels later than it is because uh, many farmers are used to being in the fields or close to it by this time, and it sounds like it's they're going to have to wait a while longer. Uh, what date do you kind of look at before the markets really start taking notice here, Arlen? Well, I've been saying April 15th because that's when the 16 to 30 day outlook looks to the middle of May. And typically we, we'd like to see 60% of the crop planted by May the 10th. Uh, and that would be well within that window. And uh, the 16 to 30 day outlook still leans cooler and wetter than what I would like to see at this point. As we get past the crop report tomorrow and get to the 15th of this month and the, that extended outlook is looking into mid-May, that starts to ratchet up the pressure on the markets. And then you have other issues. We're talking a lot about the RFS debate. Certainly how that plays out also has an impact on corn demand. It certainly does. And there's a lot of chatter. We've seen action by the EPA in uh, granting a, a significant number of waivers to smaller refiners uh, on the RFS. Uh, that would seem to suggest a lack of support for the renewable fuels program. At the same time, we also hear chatter that we could be moving toward year-round E15 that might open some doors. And, and specifically, when President Trump took steps um, t toward lifting the CAFE requirements that President Obama put in place, that removed a significant obstacle in the state of California toward moving toward year-round E15. So are we moving towards some type of an agreement that could be net positive for ethanol? Or, or are we moving towards something that's net negative? There's a lot of unknowns there. And, of course, you know how the markets love uncertainty. I was just going to ask you that. I mean, the markets hate uncertainty. And while prices are certainly lower than we'd like to see them, uh, in many ways you could almost say it's a wonder they're not lower than they are given the, all this news swirling around the markets. Absolutely, and uh, I guess in our industry we say at least we finally have a little volatility. 2017 saw so little volatility it didn't provide many opportunities uh, for either the producer um, 
or the person trying to trade in the in the industry. So we are seeing some volatility, and that creates frustration. It also creates opportunity. It does draw more money into the markets, which tends to give you some of the swings in which you can sell the rallies. We did see an article come out in one big trade publication in the financial world on Thursday calling for the possibility of $8 corn over the next several years that got a lot of attention over the weekend. And I think that's indicative of the change in sentiment overall that we're seeing in trade. I'm not an advocate of $8 corn over the next several years. I do believe that we do see some changing dynamics and some strengthening um, demand fundamentals globally, particularly in what we see happening in China. Um, But I do see opportunities for better prices over the next couple of years. And I think there's a lot of fund managers that are reading some of that rhetoric who simply say, you know, we want to be a part of this story longer term. And that reflects a change in the attitude of what we've seen over the last several years. Marketing is always a challenge, but given all that we are talking about here, I would think it's even more difficult right now to try to figure out your marketing plan. Absolutely, and in times like this is when the producer really needs to know what their numbers are, know where their break-evens are, uh, and uh, focus on risk management. What does it take in order to uh, protect the equity in your operation uh, that you built up over the last 10 to 15 years, and what does it take to add to the equity? And having that perspective and knowing the numbers certainly does help you make those decisions, takes a little bit of the emotion out of it when you start looking at it from a business uh, perspective. Hard to think about marketing plans when your planter hasn't left the shed yet. Well, that is certainly the case. And I, I think each week that we go by now, weather ratchets up in its importance and uh, at some point could even overtake the whole trade issue um, as we get closer to the month of May. The trade itself believes that the farmer can plant the crop in 10 days. And so it doesn't get too worried unless it starts to see that the month of May looks cool and wet as well. So far, forecasters are calling for the month of May to moderate and have more normal precipitation, more normal temperatures. But we need to see that start verifying in the extended outlook as we move closer in the 16 to 30 day, the 11 to 15 day, et cetera. Need to start seeing that verify. And will we see a shift to even more bean acres? That's a big question. There was some talk that uh, we could actually see a shift away from soybeans because the farmers worried about what China may do in hurting the business. Um, but the delay in corn planting certainly could create some more soybean acres. You take the trade war issue out of it, and we were still expecting some more soybean acres to come in other beyond what USDA reported, maybe a little bit more corn as well. Now it's up to weather to see if we can actually do that. Going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Arlen, as always, thanks for being with us. We appreciate your perspective. My pleasure. Take care. Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist for INTL FC Stone. Well, all this trade uncertainty, how is it impacting the livestock markets? Chris Hurt, Purdue Ag Economist, will join us next to give us his perspective on uh, all these issues and what he sees ahead for the livestock industry. Stay with us. This is AOA Adams on Agriculture.
What if you had a medical emergency away from home? What you need is Mobile Help, America's premier mobile medical alert system. Most systems only work at home, but with Mobile Help, you get help outside the home with coverage nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks at the press of a button. I press the button, and lo and behold, the emergency came within minutes. Mobile Help did save my life. No question about that. Call Mobile Help now for a free color brochure. We'll send you everything you need, including the base station, the patented mobile device, the waterproof pendant and wrist button. You can also add the fall button that automatically detects falls and signals help. Call today and receive a risk-free 30-day trial. There's no equipment to buy and no long-term contract. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free emergency key box with your plan purchase. Remember, mobile help keeps you safe coast to coast. Call 800-930-6137 now for your free mobile help brochure. That's 800-930-6137. Again, 800-930-6137. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I'd wake up with a sore neck or maybe a headache. Or I'd feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. Well, when I invented MyPillow, I wanted it so you could adjust the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not how much time you spend in bed. It's how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all my own manufacturing in my home state of Minnesota with a 10-year warranty and you can wash and dry my pillow and here's my best offer ever get four my pillows for the price of one that's right get four my pillows two premium pillows and two travel pillows for the price of one order my pillow at 800-871-7280 and use promo code farm 11 get four my pillows for the price of one call 800-871-7280 and use promo code farm 11 go to mypillow.com and at checkout use promo code farm 11 all right guys we're ready for our four season sunroom and daddy's gonna get a rec room with refreshments oh no we'll be sleeping under the stars mom what about the runway you know the fun nice try little bro it's a gym my gym hey grandma's getting her four seasons garden room weather tight and still like being outdoors maybe a living room oh no wait a family hub yeah no matter what the budget the season or the climate four season sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for four seasons now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-988-4477. That's 800-988-4477. Call 800-988-4477 today. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over five million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait. Simply pick up the phone and find out what our Freedom Quest program can do for you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, the hard part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204. 1-800-489-7204. That's 1-800-489-7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed debt management service provider, Vermont and New York Banking Departments, Maryland 49, Oregon DM80031. 
We paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago. If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Rated number one by consumers nationwide on ConsumerAffairs.com. Craftmatic beds come in all mattress types, including cool gel memory foam for up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Enjoy temporary relief of low back pain, poor circulation, nighttime heart for a mild arthritis. You'll sleep better in a Craftmatic adjustable bed. So if you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and information. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Discover Craftmatic for less, up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Call 1-800-318-7903. That's 1-800-318-7903. 1-800-318-7903. Call now. information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, so the markets have a lot to uh, absorb here with all the news flying around. We just talked grains with Arlen Suderman with INTL FC Stone. Let's talk livestock markets now. Chris Hurt, uh, Purdue Ag Economist, joins us again. Chris, how are you? Hey, doing well for a Monday anyway. (laughs) All right, so we try to sort out in this ongoing dispute with China and tariffs and retaliation uh, what's real and what's a possibility. Uh, We know there's some realities that the livestock markets, hogs especially, are dealing with. Well, that's right, and we came into the concerns over Chinese tariffs with a very bearish tone, obviously, in the cattle as well as uh, over on the pork side of things. And uh, the Chinese tariff announcement uh, on April 1 just added to that. So we've had uh, that to consider as well. Uh, Now, again, when I look at the reaction to the Chinese tariffs, you know, I think markets uh, on the lean hog futures probably overdid it. We went down about $4 a hundredweight on the lean. Uh, Our estimates are that the worst that should be if you're just looking at the Chinese tariffs, was about 275 down, and really closer to $1.75 to $2 when all the adjustments get made. So I think we uh, have a better tone as we uh, start out another week in terms of the Chinese possibilities. We have a White House and, and administration uh, talking a little bit more positive than what we've seen. And so I think that tone has improved, and we probably are very heavily oversold in the whole livestock complex. Okay, let's focus on the on the beef side. What do you see there? Well, uh, we're dealing there with the seasonal tendency. We generally are going to see peak prices coming sometime in late March, maybe very early April. And I think the overall tone on cattle uh, prices is going to continue to be to the downside, but we probably will see some recovery uh, in in the short run. But we continue to have a lot of meat coming at us. Uh, we're going to be at least 3%, it looks like, up on meat supplies this year. Uh, some projections on cattle could be uh, getting, in the second quarter, uh, maybe 4 to 5% higher. So that's going to keep quite a bit of pressure, I think, on these markets. Uh, but they've really been beaten down, and I you know, really think we can see recovery in uh, lean hog futures and probably some stabilizing on the cattle side, uh, at least for a short period of time. So we get to warmer weather and then 
traditionally we go lower as we go through the summer on cattle anyway. So I think it's possible we get down in that 105, 108 range where futures have been talking about. What about the hot, dry areas where we've already seen and heard about early marketing's liquidation because, you know, uh, they just they couldn't wait any longer, and the conditions were so rough. Has the market already absorbed that, or is it still feeling that, or where where do we stand with all that? Well, uh, at this point, I think it's a unfolding story. Uh, again, we've come through the winter time and uh, lacked some winter grazing on uh, on winter wheat pasture. Uh, brought some calves to market a little lighter weight than they probably would have been, and uh, maybe a little sooner. Uh, than they would have come to market. And I'm talking about calves coming off of pasture headed into the feedlots. So I think like uh, a lot that we have going on right now, it's an unfolding story. If that continues to get worse, then we're going to probably see some liquidation of, um, of brood cows, and obviously that can have big impact on our meat prices. Uh, last time we had major drought in the southern plains back uh, the late uh, 2008, 9, 10, 11, we were able to move a lot of those cows on up into Nebraska and the Dakotas. Uh, this year, uh, it looks like Nebraska could be very dry as well, or at least starting out to be pretty dry. And so that availability of pasture uh, and range conditions may not be as conducive to moving the cows as it was back in the previous drought. Time will tell. Now, we talk a lot about the, all the protein that's uh, coming to market. What's going on on the poultry side? Are they adding to that crowded meat case? Well, in a little more controlled manner, they're going to be up about 2% this year. And uh, that level of production increase seems to be one that the market can absorb with what we've anticipated to be a strong demand. Now, again, that's what we uh, battled with early this year as analysts talking about is the strength of demand going to allow us to stay at last year's prices or higher in the meat complex or is this supply increase going to overwhelm the demand i think you know obviously as we look at the stock market and the nervousness there nervousness about whether the u.s economy will be as strong as what it had been and certainly talk about trade uh restrictions uh, really makes us nervous on the export side of things, which is so vital uh, to across the board in our animal complex today. So I think a lot of uncertainty, but if we can get this trade issue stabilized, I think there's a lot of reasons to believe the U.S. economy and the world economy will continue to do uh, real well and maybe return to a little more of that that demand enthusiasm we had early in the year. So are you uh, urging, are you preaching caution at this point? Well, I think obviously that's right. You know, we uh, have uh, suggested in the pork industry that uh, any expansion projects that were on the drawing board uh, where we hadn't, they hadn't really started putting a lot of capital in that, maybe seeking financing, that those be reconsidered immediately. And uh, after the Chinese uh, tariff announcements, you, we got pretty concerned that we needed to uh, really start thinking about perhaps even some liquidation of the breeding herd. Again, that wouldn't come until early to mid-2019, but looking at some pretty large losses of 20 to $25 a head, 
late this year and early 2019. Those are the levels of losses that can actually result in some contraction of the breeding herd. So I think what that says is a lot of caution. We've got a lot of uncertainty, and when you have uncertainty, better to not have this massive increase in production we've been very concerned about this year. As always, Chris, thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure, Mike. Take care. Purdue Ag Economist Chris Hurt. Wow, so much, uh, just a lot of questions out there in a lot of different areas. We'll do our best to find the answers uh, again tomorrow here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Hope you'll join us. Have a great day, everyone. I'm Mike Adams. This is Adams on Agriculture. FastLine.com is changing the equipment buying game. FastLine has just released its newest feature, the Price Comparison Tool. The Price Comparison Tool is the first of its kind in the ag equipment market. It's designed to help quickly compare equipment by price, make, and model. Using the Price Comparison Tool, you can see if an item is below, above, or right at average price for similar equipment. Use this game changer right now at FastLine.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. We're proud of our new affiliates. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited-time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing.